I don't have anything else to say. You're uninspired. You judging me? I am challenging you. That's my job. That is Miller's Girl out in theaters in a wide release all across America. A talented young writer embarks on a creative odyssey when her teacher assigns a project that entangles them both in an increasingly complex web. And welcome to the weekending January 28th edition of Silver Screen Previews across Instagram Live and the Buzzsprout Podcast and all major podcasts. My name is Rob Martin. On the other side of the aisle, we welcome back Elizabeth Martin. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi. Thanks for having me back. Well, it's great to see you. Uh, we're talking about Miller's Girl. So this is kind of like the Lola, you know, the old teacher meets the young student, which has been done before countless iterations in the 70s, 80s, 90s, today. Uh, what did you think about Miller's Girl? I really enjoyed this film. This was my favorite this week. Let me tell you why, though. It, although it's been done before, it was done, the script was beautiful. The script and the dialogue was really intense. And so what they did cinematically, they actually blur the background of all the scenes so that you stop and just focus on the words and the characters and you're not distracted by everything else going on around. So they really pull you in so well. And they're actually very thoughtful to the audience to make you focus on one thing. They tell you what to focus on in this film. But I love that. I, I thought Jenna Ortega was fantastic. Her acting, she has a way of being able to just hold still and you can see all the thoughts behind her eyes with, with just like the most amazing presence. So her acting was phenomenal. She has such strong um, eyes, right? I mean, she just acts she with her eyes. It's just like a hypnotism thing. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It, uh, for this character, I thought it was really endearing. I thought she was perfectly cast for this. I know she's played, if you've seen Wednesday on Netflix, it was yeah. kind of like that perfect stoic character. Exactly. <laughs> she was kind of a lot like that in here, a little, I don't know if we want to say seductive, but <laughs> she leaves you guessing. You don't know what's going on in her head all the time. It, it was really a sweet, innocent, but then not so innocent character for her to play, and I loved it. I also, I felt for the teacher. How did, how did you feel in Act 2? I thought they really drew his story in more to make you feel a little sympathetic and introduce his wife in a different way and focus more on him in the second act versus Cairo, which is the young girl, more in, the, in Act 1. Well, I thought that he actually grew as a character as the movie went on. You see the interactions that he has with his buddy out there, the other teacher in, in the film. Yeah. And they connect He's really well. Right. Yeah, they connect really well. When you have the relationship between him, uh, Martin Freeman's character, uh, and, and his wife, you see that she is kind of like a tempestuous type of wife that doesn't yeah. want to accept, uh, but has to accept, the fact that Cairo's character is in you know his class. And he's trying to work around it, weaving, trying to avoid the sexual stuff because it's a teacher-student relationship. And obviously there's boundaries there. So he has that. The, the wife character tries to kind of like egg him on a little bit in, a, in, in I guess, in a jealous way, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. And, and I just thought that the, the character grew. Continue. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what I like about this versus maybe some films with the same theme in it it was very realistic. 
I mean, I could see this type of situation happening where the young girl has this in her head of what's going on and the teacher feels admired and it felt real to me. Um, I loved that the writing was very realistic, very literature heavy. uh, So it's good that they make you focus on the words and blur everything out. And then they also did a cool thing where they used vines and leaves to show when she was having a fantasy versus reality to keep the audience on the same page with her. But then it's so cool because they bring the vines and the leaves into reality at the end to kind of like show that the lines are blurred and what, what was true in this relationship and whatnot. I thought it was just such a good movie. It's, it keeps your attention the entire time. I did not love the ending. I will not give it away, but (laughs) cliffhangers are not always fun for me. So Anyway. <laughs> thumbs up or thumbs down? A huge thumbs up. Everyone should go see this. I think you will all enjoy this tale as it plays out. All right, very good. So a thumbs up from Elizabeth Martin on Miller's Girl, which is out in wide release with Jenna Ortega and Martin Freeman. What I saw in this, and it's the critical point in the second act, which is when he drives up to the home. And then you see, I don't know if it was fantasy. I thought it was a dream sequence. Because the way they shot that or directed that, I saw her coming out in a negligee in slow motion, and he's like, okay. And he's, you know, he's got the hots for her, but he doesn't want to let her know. So when he, uh, when she eggs him on to, to come up to the house, the two, you know, and it's supposed to be innocent, but no, he knows, she knows, she comes out as the temptress Lola character, and then. You have this kiss, and that, I thought, like, wait a minute, is this a dream thing or not? And it's like, oh, wait a minute, he's he's wearing the same shirt he was in the car. That means it did happen. <laughs> exactly. It did happen. Yeah. And so that, that takes off the, the whole movie into a different direction. And, of course, we're not going to give away the third act, but that's where everything turns completely. Oh, yeah. I, I really see this also, you know, the, obviously the first act from a mile away. You, you know what this was going to be about. The question was, how far were they going to take it? And they took it in a direction that I didn't expect because of past trajectory on on these kinds of films. So it kind of surprised me in that manner. Freeman is really good as the teacher, and Jenna Ortega is good at playing coy, like you mentioned before, with the Wednesday character. So that works in her favor. What I think this film failed to do was know what to do with the external characters in the final part of the movie. I didn't understand at all why that was happening. I mean, why did we not get some kind of closure with some characters and uh, we didn't see anything as far as a progression goes toward, you know, to, toward that. And on top of that, I thought it was a very much a punishment by, I would say, uh, by rejection story in all. And what the hell is going on there at the end of the movie? Wow. I just... Oh. I don't know. Everyone has to go watch and tell me what happens next because yeah. the writer didn't tell so. Look, I'll tell you one thing, Elizabeth. I felt empty leaving that movie theater. I'm like, what is going on here? Is this the final message that you want to give to this movie? And that's why, I guess in totality, I give this film a thumbs down because it left oh. me with such an, an empty, soulless feeling and, and, and no really closure to the story. So, unfortunately, we disagree on that one. Elizabeth gives Miller's Girl a thumbs up. I give it a thumbs down. We disagree on that one. Let's move on. The next film tonight on Silver Screen Previews 
is a sequel. And this one is called Beautiful Wedding, the sequel to Beautiful Disaster. So in this one, picking up where Beautiful Disaster leaves off, Abby and Travis wake up after a crazy night in Vegas as accidental newlyweds. They travel to Mexico where chaos involves them at every turn, and they must decide if they belong together. Dylan Sprouse and Jenny Gardner. Here's a clip from Beautiful Wedding right here on Silver Screen Previews. All right, so that's the R-rated comedy romance Beautiful Wedding. Out in limited release. This movie was only out for two days. What is going on with the studio? My God. All right, uh, Elizabeth Martin, you're a take on Beautiful Wedding. Okay, where to start with this film? It's a rom-com. Okay, if we like a rom-com and an hour and a half of mindless film, this might be something you enjoy watching. I will say I watched the first one i actually really liked the first one i thought it was a good played out rom-com and then they made a sequel to it and i was confused why they needed to make a sequel to it (laughs) for me it was overacting. it was not a great script i also had a really hard time with the lead male character of this uh dylan sprouse so I grew up in the Disney era where he was on Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, and I could not get it out of my head. And it's a rated R movie, and it's not Disney anymore, and it was very hard for me to see him in this role. I also don't <laughs> think his acting is as up to par after Disney. So that was really hard for me. And he's the main character, so he's throughout <laughs> the entire There were some funny moments. I did laugh out loud a couple times so they did at least get me to laugh but overall i i just felt like this was like a weird knockoff of the hangover vacation version but not as funny (laughs) wow yeah left me wanting a lot uh and it was also an easy movie to get distracted and go do other things while i watched it so that's never good amazing all right so thumbs up thumbs down oh this, this is a big thumbs down for me Thumbs down from Elizabeth Martin on Beautiful Wedding, the sequel to Beautiful Disaster. That's, uh, I think they should have renamed this movie, The Beautiful Disaster, because this is what it is. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, this is an abomination. I don't know where the studio came off coming up with the sequel to this. And, And God forbid they come up with a third movie, because I will just... Yeah. They might. I'll, I'll just rip up the tickets and leave the theater. I'm, I swear, I swear, I swear, I will do it. I am so sick and tired of these movies that they think that they're rom-coms and they depend so much on crude humor to get by. that. And you don't, you don't even see the romance between Dylan Sprouse and, and Ginny Gardner. There is no chemistry. There is no romance. Not at all. And it, it, to me, it seemed like an eight-year-old drew up this script. That's what it felt like. That's how bad it is. This is an abomination. The movie was forced. The comedy missed on a lot of points. And I I, I, I always say to this, do not make a comedy if you don't have people laughing at the test screenings. Maybe this didn't have a test screening. Because that's the impression I got here. Maybe if we were the test screen, it was only out for two days in theaters, friends. Yeah, no. And there's a, <laughs> there's a beach sort of ball sequence here? Why is this in the movie? They're trying to copy Top Gun? No, that's a real volleyball sequence. This is some kind of (laughs) sissy ball activity that is going on. 
on top of that, you draw in Kyle Richards into this thing. You have Rob Estes in this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Bauer it, it, shows up, which is good. I mean, I, I, yeah. you know. It was like they just pulled in, like, what celebrity could we get to make this movie look a little more A-list? And it just didn't work <laughs> at all. Yeah, Roger Cumble, who is the director is gui- and, and writer, is guilty. Guilty for committing the cardinal sin in directing and writing, which is know what you're writing about and don't just throw a whole bunch of ideas and think it's going to work. This film is a total thumbs down. Beautiful wedding. Yeah. Rob, did you know the director of this actually directed Cruel Intentions, which had Reese Witherspoon and the phenomenal... Well, I can see the uh, similarity between Ginny Gardner and Reese Witherspoon, but there is a... There is an ocean difference in talent. You know, and I don't want to bag on the characters. I mean, the, the actors, I really don't. Dylan Sprouse is not convincing as a tough guy or as a guy who's, like, no. totally off the wall. I'm sorry. I, I have to say, if I was going to play a character that is shirtless the entire movie, I would get a physical trainer, like, a personal trainer yeah. and a routine, and that just, unfortunately, did not happen for this film. Yeah, a disaster. Don't see the first one, Beautiful Disaster. Um, I, know, I know you like it, Elizabeth, but don't see Beautiful <laughs> Wedding. Better- is that it was better than the second one. The first one was at least better than the second one. That's not saying a lot. And they also somehow filmed both of these movies, released them in less than a year apart. That's never a good sign. Never a good no. sign. Correct. 100% spot on. Elizabeth Martin there. All right. So we both agree. Uh, both thumbs down. Well, you say you, what, you say thumbs down or thumbs up? Thumbs Oh, absolute thumbs down. Do thumbs not down. Me. Just making sure. Just making sure. I forgot to mark your down on the checklist there. Okay, so thumbs down. Very good. All right, the third and final film tonight on uh, Silver Screen Previews is Sometimes I Think About Dying with Daisy Ridley. So in this one, Fran is ghosting through life when a friendly new co-worker, Robert, tries to connect with her. Though it goes against every fiber of her being, she may have to give this guy a chance. So this is out in theaters in a limited release, directed by Rachel Lambert, and it's PG-13 with Daisy Ridley. This is also, uh, here's a clip, yeah, from uh, Sometimes, I Think About Dying. All right, so that's uh, Daisy Ridley and David Mahara in Sometimes, I Think About Dying. Elizabeth Martin, your opinion of this film? So this was very different than the last one we reviewed. It was like whiplash this week with the <laughs> movies that we watched. Oh, yeah. uh, this was... This was a very grounded movie. What I liked about this, it goes through the life of Fran, who is an introverted, anxious person. I mean, sometimes she thinks about dying. That's the title of the film. And they did such a good job of showing what a real human, just humanity, looks like working in an office, working in a cubicle, having those those thoughts that come in, and really being able to see it from her perspective. I felt very seen and heard and understood being a character like this because I've worked in a cubicle. I know how Mm. it feels when you're not the most outspoken person. And I I could just see Daisy embodied this character so well. I really thought her acting was very grounded, very subtle, beautiful performance by her. It was slow moving. Um, It was intentionally slow moving in Act 1 to allow you to see that it's mundane 
it's a little morbid what it feels like to be hurt but it was almost too slow for me in the beginning uh again you want to keep everyone's attention and this was just the slow more monotone film uh it also reminded me a little bit a little bit of office space yes in the the feeling of like how how it is working in a cubicle what that's like also the witty dry humor in this was a lot like office space too very monotone humor mm-hmm. not as much of a laugh out loud film but they did have some really funny moments of this uh that that i appreciated so and then i also like i won't give away the ending again but it, it felt a little more hopeful than i thought it would given the title of, of course the film. yeah no so thumbs up thumbs down i'm gonna give this one a thumbs up i think i think everyone should at least give it a chance uh this director and writer this was her very first film and i i thought she did a phenomenal job and just a lot of thought went into to this film very good thumbs up from elizabeth martin on sometimes i think about dying yeah rachel lambert here hits a home run because in subtle ways she knows what she's doing and she knows how to set up each different shot in a way that connects with the viewer and makes you want to continue watching now, this film is based on the short film from 2019, but here right. you expand the story. Why? Because you have a great actress in Daisy Ridley, so that connects with the viewer automatically. And you want to see more how she develops as the film goes on. I think it touches on many social uh, issues here, and it also creates an awareness based on anxiety and also uh, awkwardness. And and, and a depression, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's so many different things here. Yeah, it is a slow burn, but you get used to it, and you want to continue watching the story. I'll ask you, uh, uh, Elizabeth, did you think that this film could have been a little bit shorter, or no? Um, No, you know, I'm going to say no to that, because I, I really think they needed to take time to show where her emotions, where her thoughts, what was really going on in her head, and if they had shortened it, I don't think you would have gotten the full spectrum. Now, if someone, a lot of people relate to this film, so they understood where she was coming from. Maybe they wouldn't have needed it to be quite so long. But right. I just think we need that length to really get in the head of Fran, the, the main character, and why she thinks that she does. Excellent analysis. You know, and Daisy Ridley is a talented actress, and she's had problems in the past two years with bomb movies, such as Chaos Walking, which bombed, and The Marsh King's Daughter. Both subpar films. Not her fault. I think she was just given bad material in the first place. But here, she shines through. She is excellent. She takes on the uh, the role of Fran and engages it 100%. It's a standout film, I thought. And also, it, it brings together a, a, a really a, a, a fine essence to a character that we had seen before in the short film, and enhanced it with acting talent. That's the key to all these kind of movies. There's awkward comedy, but it strikes on all grounds, and that's what you look for. And this this kind of film was such a, a strange title, but yet it engages you and makes you want to watch the entire way. So yeah, in the end, I give uh, sometimes, I feel I think about dying, is a thumbs up in my book. Very good. All right, so let's move on. Let's do a quick recap of this week's films on Silver Screen Previews. First, Miller's Girl, the rated R, let's say drama, romance. What was it? Elizabeth Martin. I'm really bummed with your uh, thumbs up, thumbs down for this, Rob. (laughs) So 
this film, I need everyone to now go watch it and tell us, is it a thumbs up for you or not? Because I thought this was beautifully written. Mm. The acting could have not been better. The cinematography was so perfect to keep you focused and was very thoughtful on the part of the audience. And just, I don't know, the ending is the only (laughs) thing I didn't love, but it doesn't make it a bad movie at all. So it is a thumbs up for me. Resounding thumbs up from Elizabeth on uh, Miller's Girl. I just did not like the the way this uh, shaped up in the third act. The open-ended finale which is also up for interpretation. I felt empty. I felt betrayed. I did not like the way this film was focused at the end. I'm like, did it really have to come to that from Jenna Ortega? Why? That looks so lousy and so like out of page six from from the the post. I didn't take it at all. I gave it a thumbs down for uh, Miller's Girl. Great acting, but just a bad screenplay at the end. All right, anyways... We disagree on that Rob, one. Do you think they're going to make a sequel? Is that why they left the ending so empty for you? Because there's another one. I can't see why there'd be another one, but maybe that's why. Maybe. If that's true, if that's true, then I will have to revisit that opinion. But based on okay. what I got, I I, okay. I, I I can't give it a thumbs up. I'm sorry. All right, so we disagree on that one. The second film tonight on Silver Screen Previews, was uh, Beautiful Wedding, the sequel the sequel to Beautiful Disaster. Uh, Elizabeth Martin. Just a bad movie. It's just a bad movie, guys. Um, D- Dylan Sprouse, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, and he was also the little boy in Big Daddy, which, if you look at his face, <laughs> that is all you're going to see. You will you not see to. some heartthrob on the beach. You it have is... to be reminding me of these films. You have to remind me of these films. My God, Elizabeth Martin, what are you doing to I me? Know. Well, now you're going to... Well, you'll never watch this again. But if you did, <laughs> that's what you're going to see is Big Daddy and a little kid peeing on the wall. So this film was a big no for me. The, the comedy wasn't there. The, the relationships between the characters, the grounded acting was not there. This was not a true rom-com. This was kind of just a chaotic mess that you couldn't really focus all your energy on. It was so much bad. So Excellent. it's a thumbs down. Very good. You explained that perfectly. That's that's pretty much 90% of what I was going to say. You read my mind. I'll add to that the failure of the villain of this movie, the true villain, which is the director and writer, Roger Cumble. Guilty of writing and directing a train wreck. Guilty. I like saying that word. Guilty of a disaster. Yeah, I give it a thumbs down. Anyways, uh, let's move on to the third and final film tonight on Silver Screen Previews, which is uh, Sometimes I Think About Dying. Elizabeth Martin. Yeah, it's a very human movie. It it really encapsulates what maybe a lot of people are feeling. Someone who's introverted, someone who has anxiety, maybe a little depression, and the thoughts that go through your mind. And it's normal it's normalizing it and that's something that i really appreciate about this film the writer and director knocked it out of the park for her first film i think and the acting was so good it was so grounded Mm -hmm. this watch this after beautiful wedding because it will calm you back down and make you appreciate (laughs) cinema again and what people truly can do with their talents 
It's a thumbs up for me. All right, thumbs up from Elizabeth Thawne. Sometimes I think about dying. Also a thumbs up from myself, a standout film that enhances a simple situation, such as working in an office and amplifies it with great acting and talent all around in that cast. A thumbs up for Sometimes I Think About Dying, which is in limited release. It's PG-13. Go find it in your local movie theater for show times. All right, Elizabeth Martin. What a week, huh? Only three movies, but uh, what is your assessment of this week? I feel like I have whiplash. I really do. (laughs) Even though it was only three movies, I thought two were really great and one was really awful. And thank goodness I enjoyed two of them because if I hadn't, I just don't know I would be as like happy about the other two. <laughs> but right. but one was definitely a waste of time, and um, I think we both agree on that. There you go. That's the idea. That's the Aesop's fable message of the story. Uh, Elizabeth Martin, where can we catch you on social media? I'm on Instagram at the underscore Elizabeth underscore Martin. So please follow me, and uh, thanks for letting me review some films with you again. Excellent, Elizabeth. We'll see you down the road. Thank you once again for your expert analysis. Thank you, guys. All Go right. watch those movies. You think just not not bad wedding? I don't know. <laughs> or both beautiful wedding. Oh my! Is that bad? Yeah, it was that bad. Hey, guys. I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Silver Screen Previews. Join us again next week, same time, same channel, right here on Instagram Live. Also, check out the Buzzsprout podcast, which will be up tomorrow. So check that out. So on behalf of Elizabeth Martin. I'm Rob Martin, and we'll see you next time right back here on uh, Silver Screen Previews.